Big round of applause. Let's just share our scripture out of Matthew chapter 19, beginning with verse 16. Matthew 19, 16. God is good. All the time. All the time. Amen. Matthew 19, 16. Just then a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, What good things must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, You should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. And these I have kept. The young man said, What do I still like? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Tim, did you listen to the word of prayer? Amen. You may be seated. What good things must I do to get eternal life? God is coming back. Are you ready? God is coming back. Are you ready? Now, in life, it's very important to be prepared, isn't it? Very important. I remember when Heather was coming home from the hospital, we worked as hard as we could to get the house prepared. You know, getting the crib together making sure everything was safe, making sure everything was all right. Sheila had all kinds of books about how to be a good mom and being a good dad. And, of course, after she got home, that all went out the window. But we we tried really hard uh, to be prepared. You know, I'm getting closer now to retirement. How many of you went through the retirement process? Boy, isn't that fun? You call one place and they tell you one thing. You call somewhere else and they tell you something different. And they say, just get everything together and be prepared when we ask for certain certain documents that you need. Being prepared is important. We think about today as being 9-11. 20, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that, 21 years ago. 21 years ago. Though That day when all of those folks... I was going to the Twin Towers and all the other places. I'm sure when they woke up that morning, they had no idea what they were going to deal with. You didn't either, did you? Had no clue. I didn't have no clue. I was out in western Kentucky at a training with a bunch of other supervisors. And, you know, we didn't have, that was back in the day, 21 years ago, not great cell phones. People didn't know the news was not as quick as it it is today, and I remember being out there, and I wasn't prepared for what I was going to hear that day. The, the folks that lost their lives that day, many of them didn't think that was their last day on the face of this earth, did they? And I remember hearing stories after stories after stories that day, and in the weeks uh, past that, that folks said, you know, I wish I could have had one more conversation with that person. Or one more time to tell them how much 
they meant to me. They were unprepared. Folks, today in society, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God is going to come back some sweet day. Amen? I know that. That is what my basis of my Christianity is. If I don't have that, I don't have anything, do I? I truly have faith and I have trust that some sweet day, my Lord and my Savior is going to come back and take me home. And I'm so excited in knowing that I'm going to be able to lay this world what? Aside. And I'm going to be able to move past this world and the things of this world. And if my heart and if my life is prepared, that heaven is going to be my home. Today, break it down not from all the ones from 9-11 and others that have lost their lives throughout the years as well, but break it down to yourself. Ask yourself that question. You know that God is coming back, no doubt. We know that. But are you prepared? Are you ready? Is your heart and life where it should be? Are you making sure beyond my dad used to say this over and over again, and you've heard me say it many times. It's sort of this a part of my brain. Beyond any shadow of a doubt, is your heart and life where it needs to be with God? You see this rich young ruler. You've heard this priest on many times. A lot of times around revival time, don't you? Rich young ruler comes to Jesus wanting to know what good thing, what? What good thing I must do to inherit eternal life. I sort of think that the, this rich young ruler came to Jesus hoping for what? You think it, he wanted to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, lay out to me everything I've done wrong. Jesus, lay out to me everything that I need to change. Jesus, look, lay out to me what you see of my life. Jesus, look at my life and say, are you proud of what I've done so far? And he, I believe he was hoping to go before Jesus and Jesus say what? Oh, you're exactly where you need to be. Oh, you don't need to change anything. Oh, you're doing everything right. Now, you might say, well, Brother Paul, he, he shouldn't have went there wanting a pat on the back. I think we're all honest from time to time. It's good to hear people say you're doing a good job, right? Nothing wrong with that. It's good for somebody to pat you on the back. But let me tell you something. Praise be to God. Hopefully you have people in your life that's honest with you. Let me tell you something. Jesus is definitely honest with you, isn't he? Because why? Because Jesus knows everything about you. He knows everything about you. You see... He looked at that rich young ruler and knew everything that was in his mind. Knew what he expected to receive when he asked Jesus that question. Jesus knew what was going on in his life. And Jesus pointed out to him some things that he had to do to make sure that he had eternal life. Not just a good thing, right? I truly believe today, and you've heard a lot of preachers say this before, I believe there's going to be a lot of good people miss heaven. Because good doesn't get you to heaven. Having Christ in your heart and your life and having salvation in your heart and your life 
and living the life that Christ wants you to live, that's the key to salvation. To have eternal life, first of all, I believe, you have to ask yourself, do you want eternal life? Do you really want to be saved? Do you really want to be a Christian? Do you really want to be able to live the life Christ wants you to live? Do you truly want to be prepared every day to meet your Lord? Do you want, are you truly today saying, I have eternal life in my heart and my life, and even when the old devil comes after me, I'm going to be able to stand strong in my salvation. I am truly going to believe in that. I am going to have eternal life. The young man says, just then a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? We talk about eternal life. We sing about it for 10,000 years or more. I'm going to reign with Him. We look forward to it. And we say, I hope someday I'm going to be in heaven. I hope someday that heaven is my home. As Christians, we say we know that heaven is going to be my home. I know that I'm going to make it to that place. But while you are living on this earth... You are getting what? Prepared to go to that place called heaven. Which means the old devil is going to try everything in his ability to cause you to sway away from him. After I had had my third surgery in just a few months, when I had my heart transplant, I thought that was the heart transplant. I thought, well, this is going to be easy. They done knocked me out twice. I popped back from it. Everything's going to be all right. But after I had the heart transplant, Sheila knows part of this story. I haven't shared it all with her. So she starts crying too much back there. Heather, you grab a hold of her. Everything will be all right, okay? But after I had my heart transplant, I, was, I wasn't uh, at myself for three days. Three days. Think about that. And Sheila couldn't even be around me almost for three days. And for three days, they say that I'm not supposed to remember all this stuff, but let me tell you, I remember it just like it was yesterday. For three days, there was people shooting me and coming after me, and there was bugs coming out of the wall, and there was all these type of things that was going on. I was yelling and screaming and running from people, and every once in a while, I'd wake up, and I'd hear other people saying, Paul, you need to wake up. You need to do this, and you need to do that, and I said some things. Those were the times when I remember I told you all I was hollering for who? Andy Griffith, and who else? Bobby Maxwell. That's when I'd wake up, and I'd holler and ask for them to save. But during that time that I was out, there were some things going on that nobody knows except me and God, and you're getting ready to know about them. The old devil was talking to me. You want to know what he was saying? Curse his name, and I'll get you out of this place. Walk away from God and say, God, I don't need you anymore. I'm not your child anymore. Walk away from God. And you're not going to be able to come out of whatever you're in, this trance that you're in. Just do it. And I remember every time that I went out, it got worse. Every time. I saw Sheila have a wreck and, and, and died on the scene. I saw all different types of things. I saw our church go through turmoil. I seen all kinds of things in that, that time of three days. And every time the old devil would come in and he would say this, just curse his name 
Just walk away, and this will all be gone. And I remember after three days, I woke up, and Sheila came into the room and sat down with me, and she said, Honey, do you, do you know what you just did for three days? And I was like, I know what I did. What you been doing for three days? Because I've been hollering for you and asking where you are and what's going on. And she said, do you remember what happened? And I said, yes, I do. And I remember looking at her, and she's probably wondering why I said this right after I came out. I said, you know what? God still got me. Folks, you've been there too, haven't you? The old devil's going to try to get you unprepared. The old devil is going to try everything he can to take away your eternal life. The old devil is going to push every button he can push. He's going to do everything he can to say to you, you know what? Curse his name. Go back to your old way of living. Wasn't it good? Didn't you enjoy that? Wouldn't life be a whole lot better for you? Just curse his name and walk away from that. As Christians... I believe we have to be prepared, amen, every day. But boy, there's some days you need to be double prepared, isn't there? When the old devil cranks it up, and he says, I'm coming after you hard. I want to give you both sides. And let's see how you can handle it. Let's see about your salvation. I want you to know something about this. You have to say, Lord... I want eternal life, and I want you to know something else. God wants you to have eternal life, doesn't He? He doesn't want to keep you and have you go to a place called hell. He doesn't want that. God wants you to be in heaven. This rich young ruler, God, His Son Jesus, wanted Him to be in heaven someday. And He truly believed that. And I remember when the old devil was talking to me, one of the things that he wanted me to know was he wasn't doing this to me that God was doing this to me. God was allowing this to happen to me. The God that I loved. If God loves you that much, why would he do this to you? Why would he allow this to happen? Why would God lead you down this path? Well, I don't want to tell you something. Don't doubt God. I truly believe God has a plan all the time, doesn't he? God has a plan for you to be able to receive eternal life. God has a plan for you to be able to receive what is out in front of you. What must I do to have eternal life? The rich young ruler asked that question there in verse 17. What must I do to have eternal life? See, he thought he was pretty good prepared, didn't he? Pretty good prepared. He'd been keeping the Ten Commandments. He thought he was doing everything he was supposed to do. I believe today that we as Christians, we need to know those Ten Commandments, don't we? And not only do we need to know them, we need to what? We need to live them. That's your preparation. Boy, I wish everybody in the world could get that, don't you? Wouldn't it be amazing if our leaders could get up on a a newscast and say, this is the, what the God says for us to live our life, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be great? But the Ten Commandments, as a rich young ruler understood something, that's just part of being prepared. you got a lot of other stuff to do too, don't you? 
a lot of other things that need to go on in your life. You say, Brother Paul, what do you mean? I, I truly believe when you invite Jesus Christ into your heart and your life, you're saved and you know you're saved, right? And you're doing everything between then and that last breath to get your heart and your mind for that great celebration that's going to take place in the skies. But there's going to be some things in your life you need to change during that time, isn't there? There's going to be things in your life that God points out to you that needs to change. There's going to be things in your life that you wish you'd never ask God about. I'm sure after the rich young ruler heard, Jesus looked at him and said, this is what you need to do to have eternal life. Remember, your preacher said he thought the rich young ruler came to Jesus wanting Jesus to say what? Oh, you're good. You're golden. You've done everything. There's nothing that needs to change. Everything is great. Everything is wonderful. I'm sure the rich young ruler, you ever seen anybody with their chest just sort of puffed up a little bit and their head's big and they're, you know, and they're feeling good about themselves and their shoulders back and they're standing tall. I'm sure he came up to Jesus just like that. Jesus, look at me. I've done everything. I'm keeping your commandments. I'm doing everything. But you see, remember this. Jesus knows you. He knows what stands between you and true eternal life. He knows what is more important to you than serving Him. Can you imagine how deflated he felt? I was mowing the grass the other day. Randy will laugh at me. It's okay because Kevin's already laughed at me and Doug will definitely laugh at me. But I was mowing the grass on my lovely new zero-turn lawnmower. Love my lawnmower. She likes to mow and I just tell her, it's okay, honey, you're going to work. I'll, I'll mow today. It's all good. I was out mowing the other day, and I was just having a good time. had thoughts, you know, I was just in good spirits and all this and that and the other. I went brown. She was building, and I hit a piece of metal on the side of the building, on the side of my back tar. And all of a sudden, I heard this noise. This is not a good noise when you're on a lawnmower. You know what it was? There was no doubt. I was getting deflated, was it? That rich young ruler, when Jesus looked at him, he just wished to went what? I'm sure his head went what? I'm sure his chest went and his shoulders went down. You want me to do what? Sell all of my possessions and do what? Give it to Who? As Christians, folks, sometimes people say, well, Brother Paul, what's that mean? We ain't supposed to have wealth? No, what's not? I, I believe God wants you to have what you work for. I believe God wants you to be out there doing your very best. What the underlying cause and underlying thought of this is this. Whatever stands between you and God needs to go. And that's tough to swallow, isn't it? That's tough. I love my grandkids. I love my daughter. I love my wife. I love you all. I love people around about me that are my friends. But when I boil it all down, I have to love who the most? I have to love God the most. And if there's any, that's, that, that's tough, isn't it? 
it's, it's words, it's easy to say. It's easy to say, oh God, you're number one, you're the most important thing to me in all my life, and I love you more than anything in all the world, and God, I, I want the very, very best, and God, I want... It's easy to say that. But boy, it's hard to do, isn't it? It's hard for you to truly say to yourself, God, I, I'm going to lay aside those things, and I am going to give that up. Here's the rich young ruler. He didn't leave happy, did he? He didn't look and say, you know, Lord, I, I've done all right and everything's all right and I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to sell everything. And I'm not going to allow that to stand between me and you, God. I'm not going to do that. That's when the old devil starts saying, what? he's asking you to do what? You worked hard for that. That's important to you. He wants to be more important than your family. He wants to be more important. He wants to be the number one thing in your heart and your life. How can that be? Folks, today I want you to search. I believe he's coming back. Are you ready? What needs to change? What needs to be prepared? What does your heart and life need to look like? What do you need to let go? Today, revival is going to be a great time. When I was young, revival meant at our house, being a preacher's kid, this is what revival meant. That meant that the preacher, in the old days, this is what used to happen. The preacher would come. The evangelist would come. You know where they'd stay? At the preacher's house. At the preacher's house. That means my mom was cleaning the whole week before that, and I had to put everything up. And I always remember the big thing that would happen to me. You know what it was? I had to give up my bed. And I slept on the couch. And not only did I get to hear the preacher preach at Revival, I got to hear him preach all week long at our house. And my dad would always say this, and you've heard me say it. The preacher doesn't bring the Revival in his suitcase or in his briefcase. Folks, tonight we're going to have some good preaching, I guarantee you. Brother James Jones is going to bring it. It's going to be a good week. But are you prepared? Are you ready for it? Have you asked God, have you said to God, God, what do I need to lay aside? I said this in Sunday school this morning, and it's okay to say it again here, I think. This week as you get ready to come to revival, if you decide to do something else and not come to revival, get your, get your feet underneath the pews now, okay, because it, this may hurt. Hurts me too. But if you decide there's something more important for you to do than come to the revival, then what? There's something more important to you in your life than God, isn't there? So this week, make that decision. Make that decision to say to yourself, God, I am prepared. And God, this is what I'm going to do for you. Today, folks, answer that question yourself. No, God loves you, but he's going to be honest with you about what you need to do to be prepared. Listen to him this morning as we have our closing song.